Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha, this is Jude, and today we're going to be discussing reincarnation, which is a super fun topic. I love when we are able to connect to details about our past lives and seeing the relevance that it carries in our current timeline. Patty and I have discussed reincarnation before. We've compared notes. And I think it's really interesting that both of us have these totally two different vantage points when it comes to reincarnation, what that looks like to us, how we perceive it, and what effect it has in the current lifetime. And I'm excited to share that with all of our listeners. So Patty, what are your thoughts around reincarnation? Hi, Jude. I'm excited about this one too. So reincarnation is basically rebirth. When we die, when we leave this plane, we reconnect with our soul and we leave behind our human body. And the reincarnation is when we decide to be birthed again. Now, the thing is, we don't always have human lives. You know, we have had many, many lives, most of us. Some of us come down as humans and it's our first human life. We may have had lives as a light being or a star being or a vibrational frequency. But reincarnation is when we decide to come back through and start over, rebirth. And I don't believe that it pertains only to human life. None of us get a new soul. And it's interesting because the term that person's an old soul, there's nobody that's a new soul. We have a soul, we are a soul, and then we come in as a human body. So an old soul is a term that is used for someone that's had many, many lives, which is interesting because souls have been through many incarnations and not only human. Bodies can be replaced, but souls are not replaced. Souls are ever living. Each soul is part of one collective soul. We're all part of the one. And we split off and we come down to experience this existence or this human plane to understand what it means to be in a place of physical manifestation. When we're done, we return back to the one. And from there, we can stay or we can decide to come back through. Oftentimes, we come through to clear karma, to learn lessons, to seek understanding. You may have had a life as an abuser, and then you may decide to come back as the abused to understand. And we're constantly in this cycle of rebirth, of dying and coming back and dying and coming back. And then it is believed in a lot of religions that once we learn our lessons and we get to a place of nirvana, when we no longer need to be in that cycle, then we get to just stay in the collective energy of the soul in that place of one. And that's my best description. It's hard to describe it, Jude. How would you? I am in so much alignment with everything that you just said. I believe that we do incarnate in more than just human lives. And that term old soul, I think that we're all old and endless. I do think that there are some people who seem to retain a lot more human lifetimes and some people who may not have ever been on earth, but they've incarnated many times in other planets or other places or other dimensions. I think that part of the point of reincarnation is to learn 
And you can't learn everything in one lifetime. You can't have the full scope of every experience through one lifetime. Sometimes we need many lifetimes to build up our strengths. We want to become stronger and better souls. And some lives we test ourselves and we might choose to have a harder life to have more challenges. And it's almost a test of our spirit to see if we'd overcome. Earth is a unique place. It's a pretty dense reality. And there's a lot of experiences that we can have here that we can't have in other dimensions and other planets and other places. You know, I have my point of view of reincarnation through my experience of viewing other people's lifetimes through their energy. So I'm curious, Patty, what your perception of this is. I'd just like to start it by saying that having a past life recall done can be really helpful on many levels. It can be super fun and entertaining. It can really validate maybe some phobias or fears that you have, and it can sometimes set you free from those. Oftentimes, especially if you're a psychic and sensitive being, we have what I call kind of a bleed through from past lives. And you may have experienced something in a past life that you fully learned about and you're done with. However, there's a bleed through that's come through to this life. So maybe you have a phobia of spiders and you have no idea why and it's from a past life and that's not serving you any longer. So if you come in to go see somebody and you have a past life recall, it can validate some of these things. It can help you have a better understanding of that and you can disconnect from those things that aren't serving you any longer. I think having a past life recall done is really important and can be a really helpful tool. And how I see it is I'm always just plopped down in someone's life. I ask spirit to take me to a past life of theirs and it's almost like a wheel is spinning in front of me. They're showing me little snippets of past life and the wheel will pause on the one that is most appropriate for what they need to know or the information that they're seeking. And I will find myself in their body. I'll find myself walking around. Sometimes spirit gives me a date and tells me where I am. Other times I have to try to guess that from what I see and what I'm feeling and how I'm dressed. And I find myself in their body in an earlier time. And I'm collecting information for them and I'm telling them what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm understanding. And by the time I'm finished with this past life, it will be pretty obvious why we were shown that life. And if it's not obvious, I'll ask Spirit now, why did you show them this life? What message is coming through that they need to pay attention to? So for me, reincarnation is actually almost astral traveling back into the time that they're being shown. And you get it totally differently, don't you, Jude? I see it a little bit differently. I think that's so cool what you said about the wheel kind of slowly spinning through all the lifetimes and then one life pauses so you can take a deep look at it. So when I start seeing a past life, I know the instant a past life is coming up. I'll almost announce it like, oh, a past life, I can feel it coming in. And it's like this image from very, very far away starts coming closer and closer into my mind's eye vision. But for me, I'm not viewing it from the firsthand perspective like you. I'm not viewing it as though I am them. I'm viewing it like a movie. Like I'm floating above the scene and I'm watching it like a play. And then I'm just reciting what I'm seeing. Like I see you. I know that's you. There's a, another person there. This is what the scene looks like. I also notice that when I do the past life recalls, it's like I have a navigation system and I don't know how to really explain it, but I can kind of tell where on the globe I am. So often Oftentimes when I'm getting this, I'll be like, you know, I feel like I'm in, you know, Central America or I feel like I'm up in Northern Canada or I feel like I'm over somewhere in Europe about that area. So that kind of helps me pinpoint where on the planet we are. 
And there's also a sense of time. Now, I can't get the exact date, but I can feel like it feels like it was within the last hundred years. This feels like it was maybe in the early 1800s. This feels like so ancient and old that I can't even give it a number. It's very, very long time ago. And I do agree with you that anytime a lifetime comes up when I'm reading a client, it is absolutely relevant to what's going on in their life. Like I've never gotten a random past life recall that had no sense or meaning to why they incarnated in this life. I have a theory that when we incarnate, it's like we pick and choose different things from different lifetimes to bring into this lifetime, like positive attributes from other lifetimes where we might have been really good in business or really good with friendships or we're really good athletes or whatever. And we take those positive attributes to bring into this life because it's going to help us with whatever lessons we have. And at the same time, things that we did not conquer in past lives, like I had a jealousy issue or I didn't know how to let go of things or I was very materialistic and you haven't figured out that you haven't conquered it. So you bring those attributes into the current lifeline to see if you can remedy it in this life. Logic, that was a great explanation. I guess I've never really thought of it in those terms, but yes, I would totally agree. And I believe that sometimes we even continue certain personality traits that we bring along with us. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Especially if somebody had a really pleasant or amazing life. And I'm just thinking of a client that I've recently read that lived a life as an empress and she had the best of everything, the most beautiful clothes, amazing jewelry, was weighted on hand and foot, never wanted or needed anything. She was looked up to. She was revered by her people and a symbol of beauty and elegance. And she embodies that exact caricature in this life. Like she's very elegant and very graceful and very beautiful and has a taste for fine things. And I think that is a characteristic that she's carrying with her from this other incarnation that she very much loves. It was like, wow, I really love that lifetime. I love who I was then. I really connect with that version of myself. And so she chose to carry those attributes into this life. Do you experience stuff like that with your clients? Yes, definitely. And when I'm doing past life recall, when I'm looking at this for somebody, this is the one place that I do warn my clients where things could get a little intense and a little ugly. You know, there are times when it's important that we see how we passed in a past life to help free us of something, some bleed through from that past life or something that we're holding onto that's not serving us in this life. And so there are times when I see beautiful connections with past lives and then there are times when they're kind of painful and difficult. And I've had past lives where my client and I were both sitting there bawling because it was difficult for me to be in their place and it was difficult for them to hear this. Yet in the end, they had a full understanding on why they needed to have that information and it did free them and heal them. I do agree with you that there's been many positive, amazing past life experiences and there's been some that are a little difficult. I had one client come in and she asked for a past life reading and I saw her in the Wild West and I told her everything and she said, well, I told my boyfriend that if you didn't see me in the Wild West in a past life that you were no good at what you do. So thank God that was the life that Spirit chose to show us because it really spoke to her. So there are times when we resonate with a time period or something specific because we have lived it before and that little bit of knowledge is coming through to assist us or we chose to bring it through in this life. And then there are times when there's something that's coming through that's not serving us, that's actually detrimental to this life. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And it reminds me of this couple that I read. When I was reading them, I said, oh, you two were pioneers. You two settled somewhere in the Midwest, far away from everybody. It was like you had your little house and your little home, and it was miles and miles away from the next person. And you kind of lived this isolated existence. I think they had a very lovely life together. There wasn't too much excitement. But what I saw was the man in the relationship would always look out over the horizon and wonder what was beyond it. He always felt isolated and he always felt stuck. And there was this longing of like wanting to travel and wanting to move and wanting to go further because they were pioneers. They came from the East Coast and settled out in the West and that longing to travel more and explore never left him. So when I tell this to them, both of their jaws were kind of open because they were like, we literally call ourselves pioneers. And they said, we have always been those type of people that were brave. Like, let's pack up everything and move to some area that we've never known and never been to. And that's how they ended up on the island of Kauai, actually. So they were totally resonant with it to the point that they were like, we literally call ourselves pioneer people. That's awesome. I did a reading for a young man and I saw him as a very famous Asian ruler way, way back. And I was explaining that to him when I got done, he had this funny look on his face and I said, what? And his actual middle name was that ruler's name. No. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up is karma. I think it's pretty hard to talk about reincarnation without talking about karma. And I'm interested to hear what your opinion is on that. For me personally, I sit and have lengthy discussions with dead people. That's where I get most of my information. I read a lot of books. I've taken multiple classes, had a lot of teachers, but dead people seem to really spell things out clearly for me. And how it was explained to me from people beyond is that karma is all about remorse. If we do something that we're unhappy with or that we have shame about or that we feel guilty over, if we have remorse for what it is that we did, then that clears the karma. Karma extends and stays with us when we do not feel remorse, when we do not learn our lesson. We can't go back in time and change something that we've done. However, we can be sorry, and that's where karma clears. So when somebody dies before they're able to find remorse and shift that karma, then that will stay with them and that will have a big part to do in their next life that they're coming into. However, I personally don't believe that karma is the deciding factor on reincarnation. What say you? I like the explanation, actually, remorse. I guess I've never really looked at it that way, but yes, I think... I'm going to call it more like lessons than remorse, is when you get a full understanding of what your action created. And yes, I guess feel sorry for the things that you do and stop doing them, like decide deeply within your soul that you will no longer continue that kind of behavior or that kind of action, or you would choose differently if you were giving another chance. When you have made that decision, you've cleared your karma. But if you do something and it kind of ended up wonky or bad or it created more problems and you don't really feel one way about it or another, 
I tell my clients, if you don't learn your lesson the first time, the second time, it's going to be harder, the third time even worse. And you're going to keep repeating that same scenario with different characters, with different people, but the same theme, the same idea over and over again until you figure it out, until you figure out that it was wrong, till you figure out what your part was in it and that you could have chosen differently and done better. And I think the reason the lessons get harder is to kind of drill it in that what you are choosing and how are you acting out in the situation is not okay and it's not good. And it's going to be more difficult until you figure out how to be empowered and make a good decision or not fall into temptation or not be vindictive or whatever the situation is. And once you grasp that, that relinquishes the karma. I think that karma plays out between souls specifically too. So if you had a situation, for example, I mean, here's the common one, infidelity in a last lifetime with another soul. Somebody was unfaithful to somebody else and they were crushed, they were hurt. And the next lifetime, the role might be reversed where now the person who was cheated on is now the cheater. And the person who was the cheater in the last lifetime is now cheated on. And so now they are both gaining a perspective from the other person's point of view. Like, why did you cheat? Or why am I the one being cheated on? And maybe in that next lifetime, they're back together again, where they both have gained so much wisdom from experiencing it from both perspectives that now they are no longer cheaters. And I guess that's kind of a small example of how I might see karma work itself out. I think that it's pretty common to experience both ends of the spectrum, that you will be the bad person and the good person to see both ends of it, to understand why people choose what they choose. I agree with that, Jude. And I've had people come in that had difficult lives and have said, I don't know what I did karmically to deserve this life, to deserve to be an abused person. And for me, I don't think that's always karmic. And just like you said earlier, they may have been in a life where they abused someone and felt remorse for that and cleared that karma, but chosen to come back as the abused to have a full understanding and compassion for what they put someone through. So I don't feel that it's a punishment oftentimes. You know, sometimes we chose that life and we'll understand why someday, but it's hard in our limited abilities as humans to fully understand when we're in the middle of it. Right. And from the earthly perspective, it can be hard for a soul to look at their abuser as a loving being who actually chose that role for a greater lesson. So, you know, being somebody that's been abused and looking at my abuser, knowing that they sacrificed an entire lifetime of misery and being persecuted and being known for who they are and what they did in order to have an experience to understand what that's like. And I have a higher perspective and understanding that that person went through that. So I was able to receive my part of the lesson. Like I wanted to experience what it was like suffering like that and then overcoming it and finding my power. I wanted to go from that very dark and low place and reach the light. I wanted the experience of going through that entire spectrum. I really don't think that there are truly evil people. I think that we're all at the source point loving enlightened beings that are here to learn. Patty, do you agree with that? Or how do you feel about that? Do you feel like there are some souls that are just pure evil? Or do you think that we're all kind of pure souls choosing different roles of shadow and light in order to have our lessons? I definitely agree with the latter, with what you were saying. I think so too. Yeah, And, And it's hard 
I can understand why people look at people that are perceived evil in the world and are like, how can you say that this person is actually a good person and they're not going to burn in hell for the rest of their lives for the things that they're doing? And the way I say it is like, you know, it's a dirty job and somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be that person. I believe that's why forgiveness is so healing and so freeing is that it allows us to not move into a place of hate or anger or revenge. If it gives us freedom in that moment, that speaks of it right there. Forgiveness is huge. And forgiveness is like probably the biggest token to getting out of karma. Vengeance. If somebody hurts you, you want to hurt them back. And this can get you in a cycle. They did to me tit for tat, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And this can keep you locked in karma forever until one of you are mature enough in your soul to say, I'm choosing the high road. I choose not to react or be hateful or be vengeful towards this act you've done to me. In fact, I forgive you and I release it and I let it go. And that gets you off that wheel of karma with somebody that you might have continuing karma with. I agree. But speaking of continuing karma with somebody, this might be a good time to talk about the tribes or the teams. Now, it's been explained to me that we tend to reincarnate with the same souls that come with us. We incarnate in different teams or different tribes. We've gone through karmic lessons together. We've had lives together. And so, yeah, let's play different players in the next play and we'll work together. Now, we don't always come through with the same, but oftentimes we will have several people in our life that we have traveled with who once in one past life may have been your spouse, may be a sibling in this life or a cousin. And I believe that's why sometimes we can just see somebody that we don't know, a stranger, and just have this strange feeling of recognition or of knowing them. You know, they may have been in a past life with us. And in this life, they came in at the same time However, they're not playing as an important role in our lives now as they did in a past life. So that's interesting. I have a lot of people that come and say, I want to know if I had a past life with my husband or a past life with my child. And oftentimes the answer is yes, but it can be at a much smaller degree or a, a much lesser percentage of time that you spent with them in a past life. Would you agree with that, Jude? Totally. Yeah. I like to call it cosmic cousins. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I think we definitely incarnate in soul groups and we've traveled through many lifetimes really because we're accrued karma. You know, it's like, hey, we didn't really do that one so well. Let's go back and see if we can get it better this time. And so because we want to grow and we want to learn and become better people with these people, I think that's probably the fuel that keeps us in these same groups over and over again. So I remember some of my past lives. And I know, Patty, you remember some of yours. What can you say of that experience of what it's like? Because I have people feel like, I feel like I was this and I feel like I was that or I think this, but they're not ready to fully accept that maybe that really was something that they experienced in another lifetime. Like, how do you know that when you are having a memory, it is from another life? I think a lot of times if we're just drawn to a certain period of time or we really study one particular event in history, it can be because there's a familiarity there and because we have been there. I am familiar with a few past lives that I've had because I've had really profound visions of that 
in meditation when I've asked for that information to come. And it can have a real impact on what's happening right now. I do have memories of burning as a witch, and I have memories of being in front of a crowd with my arms out trying to protect the women and children behind me clear as day. And for that reason, and this is something you and I have talked about, we both have experience with this. It was really difficult for me to announce myself as a psychic. I did this job kind of under the table for many, many years before I came out and started doing it in public. My husband was not allowed to announce that I was a psychic without my permission because there were certain crowds that I didn't feel comfortable saying that out loud. And I truly believe that a lot of that stemmed from insecurity from being burnt alive and being accused of witchcraft, which I was a witch. I wasn't wrongly accused and I was very proud of what I did and stood up for it and proudly took my punishment. However, it did affect my ability to come out and actually announce what I was doing. And there have been times when I have been fearful of being persecuted in this life for what I do. Although I do believe that I chose this life to be able to fully embody who I am in a safer place. Um, for me, I feel like I have a very similar experience in some of my other lives of being persecuted. I don't necessarily remember being a witch or burned at the stake or anything like that, but I do have memories of being judged or outcast for being a seer. I do also have memories of lifetimes where I was revered for it as well. I do have some blocks for sure in this lifetime that I'm still working through with really putting myself out there as a psychic this podcast being one of them. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, so for me, I used to have these nightmares when I was a kid over and over again. So this might also be a way people are recognizing past life trauma. I used to have nightmares about drowning all the time. Always like dirty, murky water, not being able to breathe, going underneath and like getting lost in that fear that, oh my God, I can't hold my breath any longer. And then <gasps> take that breath and I would jolt awake in my bed in a cold sweat. And this happened all throughout my childhood. I've always had an aversion to water. I didn't like swimming in water. I don't like going in water. I don't like pools. I would literally break out in hives my whole life, even just taking a shower. I would get these like little itchy bumps all over me. And for many, many, many years, we used to think that it was the soaps. I'd get all the natural soaps and all of that, and it would never go away. I also hated the taste of water. I never drank water. I literally thought it tasted like rusty nails to me. I don't care if it came from a bottle or the faucet. It always tasted dirty to me. And I used to have to force myself to drink water. I never understood what this intensity was around the water. And what else is also interesting to know is that when I was pregnant with my eldest daughter, the whole time I was pregnant, I would have this dream that I had this baby where I was drowning and I was trying to keep this child up above the water. And I had these dreams night after night after night. Well, when my daughter was born, she was born into this like immediate aversion to water, the same thing. She didn't like the sound of it. She didn't like being in it. She hated baths, didn't want to drink water, very similar to me. And then a number of years ago, I had this super intense past life recall and I called it in because I was incredibly thirsty one day. 
and I ask for a glass of water and I have this water sitting in front of me and I'm forcing myself to drink like half of it down, giving this like icky taste in my mouth. I was so frustrated at the point. I was like, why? Why is this happening? Why don't I like water? And so I forced myself to drink the rest of the glass and I got these flash images and it was so intense of me being under this muddy water. And I can feel these hands in my hands and I see this hair swishing around and I know I'm about to die. I know I can't hold my breath anymore. And then I take that breath and then the water rushes down my throat and into my lungs and it tastes exactly like the way I've always tasted water my whole life. And the next thing I know, I'm floating above the water with this other person that I was holding in my hands. And I knew in that moment when I saw that soul floating above the water that that was the soul of my daughter from another lifetime. And that both of us had died in what I perceived to be a tsunami. And we both ejected out of our bodies and we're floating above the water. And our last conscious telepathic thought was, oh my God, we just died. And then bam, I was back to my reality sitting there having just finished this glass of water. And it hit me right then. And it was like one of those things, like, how did I not see this? My whole life, all the nightmares that I've had, my aversion to water, these hives that I would get all over my body just from being in water or taking a shower. And I, in that moment, made peace with the water. I chose consciously to let go of this fear, this past life trauma of being afraid of water. And I literally felt all my cells reconfiguring. I also want to add that I used to have a really bad eczema problem. My eczema cleared up. I no longer get hives when I take showers. Water tastes sweet to me now, which is weird. Like never tasted like like a clean sweet. Um, I'm okay with being in water. I don't have as much anxiety about it. So that's my personal share with one of my experiences discovering a past life. Wow, dude, that's crazy and intense and beautiful. It has a good ending. I think that's part of the magic and the healing of recognizing your past lives. It's like it helps you make sense for things that are happening in your current life. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm similar with my past life as burning. When I had that recall, I wasn't feeling any pain, but I was choking from the smoke. The smoke was getting to me before anything else. Like I can't go to a casino because I will be actually gagging from the smoke and have to run out. And we had to get rid of our wood stove. If the room fills up with smoke, I have an immediate anxiety attack. I'm right there with you. So if somebody is suffering from phobias that they can't quite move through or beyond, a past life recall can be so powerful and so healing, just like what you went through. Right. To be able to just let it go. Because the last memory was how the fire or the water had ended our lives. And that memory got locked in our energy field and it carried with us into this life. And it's just like we were still locked in that state of fear that was so intense. And in order to let it go, it was like we just had to understand that, hey, yeah, it killed us. We died, but here we are still living. We're eternal beings and we're okay. And so it allows you to let it go because here you are in another lifetime, still existing, still moving forward. Traumatic deaths can come up a lot for sure with clients. Right. Right. I agree. So I have been asked in the past if I'm able to read somebody that has reincarnated. And I thought that might be a good question for both of us to address. For me, I see things in very specific places. Like when I'm reading somebody's past life, it's 
to the left next to me. And I look like a crazy person oftentimes when I'm doing readings because I'm pointing at things while I'm talking and I'm turning my head and looking places. And when somebody has reincarnated or is getting ready to incarnate, I should say, to me, it's like they're way up on a hill. I can see them. I know that they're there. I can tell you a little bit about them, but they're really distanced. They're off on top of a hill in the fog. And there's a little bit of a separation that happens just before someone reincarnates. It's almost like they're in the batter circle up to bat. They're kind of separated, getting ready to incarnate. And I can tell you, oh, they're getting ready to reincarnate. They're planning on coming through this gender for this purpose. But it's much more difficult to read them than to read somebody that has passed that's still closer to the same realm. And then also, if somebody has reincarnated, if you're trying to connect with your grandfather and I see that he's reincarnated, I can still read him because his soul still holds all the memory of all the lives that he's been in. So even though he may be walking around as a human in another physical body, I can still read him and read the experiences that he had in the life that he shared with you that you're asking about because all that information is still stored on his soul level. So it goes to that point that instead of reading a ghost, I'm reading his soul. I think that is so cool that you can see that. I mean, it makes me wonder when I've experienced communicating with spirits who've crossed over if they had already incarnated and I'm just reading an aspect of their higher self on the other side. I've never gotten like a clear hit or a clear knowing that Yes, I'm speaking to them from the other side, but they are also right now reincarnated and they're five years old and living over here and and this is their life. I think that's so fascinating and so cool that you get to experience that. The only way that I've seen souls that are getting ready to incarnate is through people who are about to get pregnant or are already pregnant. And when I see the souls come in, I don't see them as little kids. I see them as like prime and healthy adults, like around 30 years old. I see them as like intelligent beings and they're able to communicate with me fully and I'll be able to pick up things about their personality, what kind of person they are, a little bit maybe about what their mission is here on earth. That's really the only way I've seen souls getting ready to incarnate. Even still then, it's not like they tell me, oh, I was their relative, but I do clearly see the soul connection. Or I've seen you two had a past life together as this, but I don't know who or if they may be somebody that they knew in this lifetime reincarnating. Okay, so let's move to the topic of babies. I will say, oh, there's a little baby spirit around you. If you're not wanting to get pregnant, you need to be on it with the birth control because I sense that baby around. And I've had several times when that baby has told me that they are reincarnating from maybe a miscarriage or an abortion and they have decided that they wanted to come through with this particular person. And even though the agreements, the contract, the situation was not idyllic and they weren't able to come through as a viable baby, they have hung out energetically until the time was right and have come back through. And that's really interesting. And that's something that sometimes I have to really ask spirit if this mother can handle this information because it's a lot. Most of the times, if I get the message that yes, they can, they're really pleased to hear that. And they'll say, yes, this pregnancy feels really familiar. Or yes, I do sense this child hanging out and wanting to come back through. Have you had experience with that? 
I will definitely see the same soul hang out. And for me, at least lately, I think that there is these kind of new souls, and this might be a whole other topic for another podcast, but there's these very high vibrational souls that I'm noticing are incarnating now. And I have this theory, but it's almost like a divine knowing that in order for these high vibrational souls to incarnate, they need to have a high vibrational womb, a high vibrational situation, a mother or family or dynamic or whatever. And sometimes when the mothers are having miscarriages or um, abortions, it's because the energy is not ripe for these high vibrational souls to come in, that the mother or the parents have some more karma to work out, some more density to release in their energy field in order to be able to incubate such a high vibrational being. So I've seen a couple situations like that, but I've also seen situations where somebody who is considering not keeping a child, that soul will definitively tell me, this is the only time that I'm going to come in. If I don't come in this time, I'm not going to come in ever. You know, I've had to relay messages like that for women who are considering abortion. Yeah, that, that's pretty heavy. So I, I also have been told by some people on the other side that there are some high vibrational beings that are coming through that have already served all of their purposes. They've already lived throughout all their karmic lessons and their experiences, and they have sacrificed coming back and reincarnating to assist humans because we're in such a mess right now that they are making the sacrifice or volunteering to come back through for the purpose of mankind rather than for their own personal experiences, which I think is pretty amazing. And then I have a question for you, Jude. Do you believe that we can incarnate in two different bodies at the same time? Yes. <laughs> I'll be real quick with that. Yes. I agree. Okay. Have you, seen, have you seen that or experienced that in any readings? Um, I've experienced it with myself. I do think that we can be living multiple lifetimes at the same time. As you explained earlier in another podcast that on the other side, we are whole. So there's only a very tiny fraction of our consciousness that is even in this physical body experiencing this reality. So I fully believe that there are like facets of myself that are probably all over this planet having a different experience. I can't prove it, but it's just this knowing. It is a mystery to me still, but I do believe that we are these kind of supernatural beings and we are so powerful and so amazing that we can experience many lifetimes at the same time. I fully agree. What have you seen? Is this a direct knowing or how do you see that? I think it's a direct knowing. I don't know that I've experienced it in a reading or seen it. I've actually seen it between people and their animals before. Oh my I, gosh, me too. I feel like, you know, like you can be somebody that's had several dogs, but there's that one dog that just stands out. There's that dog that everyone said look like you, that one dog that just was your soulmate, your companion. And I feel that we can actually have part of ourselves incarnate as a domestic pet to help assist us through this life. So it's almost like we bring in that unconditional love and that companionship and that nurturing ourselves to help nurture ourselves. That is so rad because, okay, with dogs, dogs are unique creatures. And every once in a while, I'll see a dog with their owner and it's like I can see the owner's face on the dog. 
And it's just like the weirdest thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I've seen this for so many decades at this point. And I used to think, oh, are dogs like sponges? They're like soaking in all the energy of the owner. But I like your explanation way better, that it's like actually a fraction of our own soul that's come in through that animal. And then there's the whole thing. We never talked about deja vu. How did we skip that? Deja vu. (laughs) So I believe that those moments of deja vu, I don't believe that it's that actual situation happening again. I believe that it's an emotion, a feeling, an alignment of vibrational frequency, something very similar to what you've experienced in the past that triggers that feeling. That's how I describe it. That's cool. I actually don't really know what deja vu is. I don't have a great explanation for it, but I'll tell you when I'm having a deja vu, it settles my spirit that I'm exactly where I need to be. I like that. That's great. Yeah. So if reincarnation is something that you would like to explore on your own, I would like to suggest meditating and sitting in meditation. You always want to do a really nice grounding in the present moment and do some centering and then do your traveling. It's very similar to astral traveling where you want to have a nice connection to where you are and then allow yourself to head back. So for me, I head back in one direction. I head back to the left. And for me, that just helps me travel back in time for some reason. So setting the intention that you're asking to travel back to a life that has meaning to this life or has some healing or some interesting information for you and allowing yourself to go. You can also ask a guide or what your animal told him to to travel along with you, to help guide you, and just to help you feel confident in your travels or go see somebody that does past life recall. Yeah, I think that's great advice, Patty. That's how I would do it. And when I feel um, past life memories kind of creeping up or surfacing for me, and, and usually it's coming up because there's a deeper part, another layer that wants to be healed, that's when I'll take a moment and drop down into a meditation and, and explore that specific area. I think when you start paying attention to what you're feeling and what you're sensing or how you're reacting a little bit closer, you might notice that you might be getting more past life recall than you initially thought. Great. Well, thanks, Jude. This was a fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate having you here. I'm Patty Davis, and my website is wingandether.com, and that's wing and ether, spelled A-E-T-H-E-R, or pdavispsychic.com. And my website is alignandshinekawaii.com, and kawaii is spelled K-A-U-A-I. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, aloha. Goodbye.